0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. good morning, everybody. Joining us online at com slash our Facebook, whatever. Um, so I'm excited because today we're doing part one of a two-part series, I think. Um, I don't know, man. Yesterday flowed really good, really well, I should say. And then Steph got up here and said three different things about the Beatitudes, didn't you? Blessed I said, let I'm like, talking about that. And you think, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Talking about that too, staff. <laughs> we do that. But it confirms because who am I? I'm just some knucklehead. Sat here and we were rearranging stuff. And when God decided to start speaking to me, he spoke the same thing to her. And which is cool is, is this, ready? When everybody knows following God is a process, right, Joe? It's just more and more and more being conformed to his image. And the, but the thing is, if if, like, if Joe and I are both having the spirit of God inside of us, the more and more the things we say and do and think... Are going to be similar because it's Christ Jesus inside of us right and so it's a confirmation it is and, and I don't care what anybody says everybody's still insecure I'm insecure as I'll get out up here I know me have you met me like, I don't know what I'm doing like and then he you know what I'm saying so that confirmation means a lot to me plus I'm pumped so we're not gonna get through all of them by any means um, but this would be awesome I enjoy what did we do last week oh we did Psalm 23 right which I uh, really enjoyed that walk through Psalm 23. Same sort of situation. I mentioned do Well. I don't know if she told you or not. <laughs> I gave him credit. See, I don't plagiarize as best I can. So today we're going to do this. We're going to teach from one of the most in, uh, famous uh, sermons that Jesus gave. It's a portion of a Sermon on the Mount, and it's called Beatitudes. And this is what he does. Like, if you've heard this before, you know me. Forget stuff, blank slate on this, because we're going to look at it from an AJ Weird perspective, okay? This is what Jesus does. He lays out what it looks like to follow him, okay? And so, but but rewind for a second so this doesn't lose its, uh, its power. Jesus came and was teaching new and wild and crazy things about God, okay? Picture it. All they've ever had is the law. If you do good, you'll be fine. You lose favor with God in a heartbeat when you do something wrong. And then you got to go sacrifice for it. It was always an in and out sort of thing. And the Jews were the chosen people and everybody else. God didn't care about them at all, according to them. And Jesus shows up amidst all sorts of different races and genders and the whole nine. And uh, <laughs> I noticed because every eye goes back there is what happens. You can just hit clear. There's a clear. There you go. Whatever. Um, every eye goes, huh? And they stop listening to me. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. He starts teaching new things, right? And he says that it's hard to imagine how things were at that time. Um, and this is Steph where we'll do this. The law came first, but I want to show you why. Here we go. Because um, people often say, what was the, oh, the? the first, first, first one? The first scripture. I, I didn't write down what it was, sorry. There we go. Okay, so we'll do three of these. We'll read through them. What then was the purpose of the law? This whole time before Jesus, what was the purpose? It was added because of the wrongdoings until the seed, oh my gosh, that's Genesis 3, to whom the promise referred to had come. So we're in Galatians. Don't get weird. This is the church in Galatia. And I know y'all probably can't read this, but just let me explain it, okay? What was the purpose of the law? It was added because of the transgressions until the seed, that's a capital S, so they're talking about Jesus to whom the promise referred had come. The law was put into effect through angels by a mediator. Just go with me, okay? A mediator, however, does not represent just one party, but God is one. Oh, this is beautiful if you know the language. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. If the law had been given that could impact life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But let's keep going, he's gonna wrap it up, he'll make it make sense. But the scripture declares the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were prisoners by the law, locked up until faith was revealed. So the law was put in charge, ready, to lead us to Jesus, that when we be justified by this new thing called faith. I think we got one more, Galatians. Now that faith has come, Jesus, we're no longer under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Wow, right? Do you need legal speak? He just gave it to you. Like, if, you ever, if, if ever grace sounds too easy and not official enough, there you go. Hard to understand official legalese. He just legally laid it out to you. The law was given so that you would reveal Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, faith arrived. That's what we're talking about. On a hill one day, I'm sure the sun was shining. And it was a beautiful day out in the Middle East. And Yeshua sits down. They're still under the law, they think. And Jesus sits there and says this. i'll give you another thing he says at one point he says don't think i've come to abolish the law or the prophets i've not come to abolish them i'm fulfilling them another way to say that is i'm bringing them full circle bringing them to fruition and with that posture he says this essentially your need for relief for rescue has been established i am the rescuer now with that understanding and no less of that understanding let's listen to what he says on that mountaintop okay the crowd sits down. Some of them are there just because he's been doing miracles. Some are there because they're hungry and he just fed 5,000 men. Some have this real strange feeling that he's God. Others have this crazy feeling that he could maybe give their lives meaning. Some people say, you see what I'm trying to say? And on a day probably like today, maybe 20 degrees warmer, with the birds chirping and his sun that he lit shining on him, he says this. Perfect. His disciples came and began. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Let's stay right there. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. That's what Creator God, who spun earth at a certain degree, this is what he starts his discourse with. Okay. So, following God is about what? And he said, Blessed are you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, first things first, blessed does not mean blessed in the way we think about it. We think, hashtag blessed, I got to raise or I'm pregnant, I'm blessed. Not what this word means. The word here in Greek is called makarios and the word picture here is this. It is um, full of God, fully connected with him, walking step by step with him. It's the ultimate well-being and spiritual joy of those who share in the salvation of God. Isn't that different than luckier you when, good days are, no. Everywhere around you is this, this force and we write books about it, and, and we write fiction and, and, and even mythology based on the truth that is this. God is the power behind every beat of your heart and every cellular division going on. And if you close your eyes and you turn your head to the sun, you can almost feel that there's this life force around you. And there is, but it's not an it. It's a him. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. You're here with me. Cool. I felt like I was on the mountain alone by myself there for a second. And he says this walking in stride with that life force who is holy Spirit not this impersonal force like the Jedi we make up those mythologies because it's a spin off the truth do you understand that if you really want to know the truth about reality look through ancient civilization they have all the answers they just perverted it that's all they knew about God but they made one up of their own do you they even knew about Nephilim and half the, the, yeah it's all there but it's a perversion okay but anyway yes there is a force and it's Holy Spirit and he's, he's a person and he's got feelings. Blessed are you when walking in stride with this life force and in tune with creation because of creator, are you when you're poor in spirit? You ready for that word picture, Glenn? Here's what this means. Ah, stupid camera. This is what this means. That's the word picture right here. It means in the posture of a beggar dependent upon the alms of another. I'm quoting it to you. Blessed are you, Mary Beth, when you realize you don't have a darn thing to offer God spiritually. That's what that means. Walking in stride with creator God are you when you realize you're spiritually broke. Right? That's the first thing he says, guys. <clears throat> what if say a Pharisee? I got a problem with that, bro. Uh, I went to Pharisee school and I don't drink, smoke, or chew, and I'm I follow all these laws, and you're trying to tell me I don't have anything to offer God. Look at these robes, bro. They had little boxes there they wore on their heads because it said, I've written your word upon my head or and on my heart. Like they were dancing the jig and doing all the religious stuff. Like, what do you mean? We're, we're roboting? It doesn't impress you? And Jesus goes, not at all. And matter, matter of fact, stop that ridiculous dance. You look stupid. <laughs> Come on, man. Isn't it tiring? We've been on the religious treadmill. Does this impress you, God? I gave up this. And now I think this. And God goes, no. No, because if you're trying to walk to the mountain of God on your merit, you won't even take a step. Blessed are you, full of God actually connecting with me, Joe, are you? When you realize it is not about what you have to offer, you've got nothing of value to me. Have you ever seen a real beggar? And I'm not talking about, look, I'm not putting anybody down, but I'm talking about a beggar who, you know, if you don't give money to eat that day, they're gonna die. That's what he's talking about. Blessed are you, says Jesus, when you realize you have nothing to offer me, that it's all about who I am and not who you are. Poor in spirit. Pretty awesome, right? Yes now oh you know i almost missed it joe i'm gonna pick on you today i almost missed it i almost missed it i did listen here's what here's what, here's, what, here's what i how i read this blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven that's how i read it all these years blessed are the poor in spirit theirs at one time will be the kingdom of heaven oops sorry missed that one no what does he say what's the word yes. nice w- what tense is that Right now. right now wait what brian you hear that blessed walking in god in step with creator god full of him makarios are you when you realize you have nothing to offer god and in that very moment you realize it everything i have is yours oh come on don't make me kick over this furniture up here i'm about to throw this microphone down do you realize that i sat with a guy this is ironic i sat with a guy in england i told you it was a wackadoo story i'm a wackadoo type of guy and i was sitting with a guy in london he was uh I felt like God told me to go there and be at this place at the same time. Whatever. And I did, and there was this homeless guy. And I mean, homedly, homedly homely, homeless. Like, he had been there for a long, long time. And I just sat next to him. It was funny because I was dressed nicely, too. So I was in my nicest jeans. And I, was, and I sat next to him. I told you this before. And he was like, I mean, he was... He was the type of crazy you get when you don't talk to people for like a year. You ever, you ever you ever, you ever and I'm this, I live in Perishville, I get it. Guy comes to deliver propane, I'm like, how you doing, buddy, have you seen the episode of Little he's like, whoa. And I'm like, bro, I've talked to a five-year-old and a three-year-old all week long, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? But that was that guy, he was a little cuckoo. But something weird was, I didn't judge him, I gave him a cigarette and we sat there, and uh... And all those people were walking by giving me dirty looks for sitting with him. That was a lesson, too. But um, as we sit there, I'm telling you this for a reason. He was quoting the Bible like like Billy Graham. I mean, quoting crazy stuff like Habakkuk. You even know that's a book in the Bible? <laughs> it is. I mean, dude was quoting like books I had never read, and I'm nobody. But I said to him, finally, after like 45 minutes of this, I was like, dude, how are you doing that? Like, how are you? Qu- I know you're, t- I can't quote what you're quoting, but I know you're quoting it accurately. He goes, he looks at me like I was an idiot. He goes... We have access to everything of God's. Like, uh, and that's all he explained. Yeah. I know, dude, yeah. So he understood something, maybe by living out in the fringe, maybe living in stride with God and Macarios and having nothing material, not that I condone that, but maybe he understood something. He just had access to everything. Oh, wait, Jesus already said that. He did. Blessed are you when you're dependent upon God and can't offer anything to God, you have access to everything. You ever know to say something and you don't know how you know it? Okay, a couple people. You ever give advice to a friend and you're like, wow, that was really... I'm like, I'm, I'm impressed.
1: Right? Because
0: yours is the kingdom of heaven. And if you want to just break it down simply, you have Holy Spirit inside of you. So what, what do you lack for wisdom? Nothing. You have the secrets of the universe inside of you. And if you'll just listen, it's there, says... Not me. Good, right? I can get down with this. Now, half the crowd probably left or checked out mentally. And he said one thing said jesus creator god who gave that bird aeronautical engineering that flew by okay you think about that Walt. you like that right he 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 gave them that those wings uh, that bird and then he says this and half of them probably said nope i'm out if it's not about me then how do i how will i know i want to keep score and check the boxes me and sharon style (laughs) and other people said "Ooh, i'm listening let's do the second one we're only one sentence into the beatitudes guys oh wow okay skipped a huge thing in there what's this one blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted okay so number one obviously i don't want to miss this this means literally those who mourn and i tell you what some words don't mean much at certain times but the greatest tragedy i've endured in my life was finding my father dead on a tuesday morning and those words, of all the words that any man has ever spoken in any language, these words were the most important to me that day. And guys, I don't know if any of you are going to go to the wake. I'm going to the wake of a 10-month-old when I leave here. I'm going to go get lunch, and I'm going to a wake for a 10-month-old. These words mean everything to them. Everything. It means literally you, 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 you are not just randomly floating along in this crappy, burning, on fire. CNN tells you every day how bad the world's getting world yourself that's what creator god who colored the grass green that they were sitting on just told them about creation you're not alone and and your systems think that god is outside of your creation just looking upon you indifferently that's not the case isn't that awesome how many times have you ever felt like god doesn't really care in fact after dad died i was convinced god didn't care at all that's what your feelings will do if you follow them usually. But Jesus just said this, hey, despite what it looks like, God does care. And when you're at your, when you're at your lowest and when you're hurting the most, he's there. He's not indifferent. And it reminds me of the shortest phrase in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because those who mourn, it, it hurts the Father as well. He cries along with us. It matters to God. He's not unfeeling or uninvolved. He cares. And not only that, but he springs into action to, to comfort us but it also says this I don't want to miss this Jesus is in introducing us to his father He's right now he's saying you want to know about my dad he says this it's profound and it's personal okay when you're I'm going, to, I'm going to give an AJ paraphrase when you're being rocked by the circumstances of this world when things get incredibly difficult on your worst day you're not alone that's what he's saying God's there it doesn't have to be an actual death how about a death of a relationship a death of a dream you had right how did I end up here this isn't the life I signed up for I'm here says God when you mourn anything, guys, I've mourned a future that I wanted to have and I don't have. I'm there. You'll be comforted. Yeah? I think Andy Dan. I'm going to pick on you for a second. It's been a long time, so I'll tell you this. Andy Dan was probably... Andy Dean at one point could have gone D1 football. I mean, he was on his way there. I don't mean to pick an old wound or whatever, but... I mean, it's been a while now. We're getting older. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you are. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> probably shot. But, um... But there was a future that he could have had, and at some point, guys. And I get it. Some of us, you know, we gave college a shot or a job or what we thought we'd be doing that or this. Blessed are you who mourn, even that, for if you allow me to, I'm going to comfort you. God, God is not indifferent to this, you guys. And now here's the thing about this. Lots of times, here's what I've learned so much in the last five years being a dad. It's helped me understand Father God more than anything else. Because those are words on a page for a while until you're a dad and you realize the Father's heart. And here's what I realize: Lots of us still think we'll be comforted if we're good. Lots of us still think God will be near to me if I'm good, if I behave. And then I think about this. When I first looked at this, Alex was like a year old. And no matter what the reason was, he was crying in the room. I went into him. Any parents understand that? You don't judge the cry first to a 10-month-old. You go, right? Hello, do you get me? Yes. Yeah. I, does it doesn't matter. He, I mean, some things, like right now, Alex is very... I talk about Alex a lot because, of course, he's developmentally a lot farther along than Izzy, and we're discovering new things together. You know, It's not that I favor him. It's that he's doing bigger, boy things. Well, he, right now, I mean, he's displaying that he's a very sensitive little kid, and I don't mean, like, a oh, baby, because I don't know how well that would bode for, like, start a bit baby. <laughs> you, know, but, uh, you know, But I mean, he's sensitive to the tune of, like, Izzy one day got in trouble, and she was crying, and I walk into his room, and he's standing there by himself going, in the middle of the room. I said, what's wrong, Bubba? Like, it's all good. I'm going to swatch you. <laughs> I feel bad for Izzy.
1: I was like, oh, bless your heart.
0: But also, that's going to be a challenge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as a parent, you realize, like, I can't, I can't beat that out of him. God put that in him. But that's going to have its own challenges. Like, oh, boy. I totally understand that. But no matter what he's hurt about or crying about, a good dad, and I fail at this at times. I'm like, stop it. That's nothing to cry about. All right?" A good dad will still go this. If you're hurting, it's reality to you. I want to comfort you. Let me give you a hint about something relationally. It doesn't matter if you feel like someone shouldn't be upset. If they are, they are. And it doesn't matter if you feel like they shouldn't feel that way. They do. It's reality to them. Oh, You guys get it. Good. That's a big... don't (laughs) (laughs) Don't, (laughs) Don't tell them to stop worrying. That's good. Yeah. No, it's true. How they feel is their reality. And that's what God is saying right here. He's not saying, blessed are you who mourn for legitimate purposes. Do you see what I'm saying? This is a father who cares no matter what. Every, what does he say? He catches every tear. Every tear, right? He longs to wipe every tear away from our eyes, knows the hair on our head. It doesn't. He's not waiting for a good reason to come and comfort you because he's your dad. That's the second sentence in this. And these Jewish people who grew up under the law, it must have just blown their mind. That's a big deal. Let's do the next one if we can. The third Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, on this hill must have been some Roman soldiers too, because of course they had uh, they had uh, the Jews in captivity. Can you imagine Roman warriors hearing, "Blessed are the meek," for they're gonna inherit, they will inherit the earth? That probably, probably wouldn't have gone too well. Also, in this area were Greeks and you know we know about spartans and things like this right this was all in that area of the world and jesus comes up and says blessed are the meek they'll inherit the earth now some say this now some say a bunch of different uh uh uh, definitions of greek but i want to say this um i want to say this about meekness today i've always said it's power under control immense power that is harnessed for the good of others to give you a mental picture of this let's look at the picture that's right next it's a cute little picture. It gives us an idea. Sometimes the picture sakes. Yeah, there we go. Do we like the picture? Yeah. yeah. That's immense power, isn't it? Under control. And that kid's cute. I like the little cowboy. I like his little cowboy boots, too. I thought they were rain boots at first, but the cowboy boots. That, that horse could deal deadly damage to those kids in half a second. But there's power under control. And if you were to go to that horse's cage, or pen, I should say, that horse's pen is probably not... <laughs> a ten foot barbed wire fence chain link is it? It's probably just your standard fence, isn't it? Right? Pow, there goes that fence. Come on, let's be honest. Glenn knows. But something about a horse innately God put inside of them meekness when you break them. You give them meekness where it's power under control. And I like that, and that's where I ended off, but that's not where we're going to end up today. That's not at all, in fact. Um, I could tell, yeah, uh, I could tell you the story about that when I don't do this. When Jesus modeled this for us. So time out on this for a second. We're going to explore Meek in a second. But Jesus modeled this by when they came to arrest him. So let's do the next scripture. It's going to be the New Testament. Yes. Jesus says this. Put your, Peter starts swinging a sword around. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said. For all who draw the sword, die by the sword. You live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Now, you misunderstood me, Pete. Look at me, Peter. You misunderstood me. You're swinging your little sword around. What you don't know about me is this, ready? I could call upon my father, and he'd at one, put, once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. A legion is a military term taken from the Roman army. A legion denoted a group of at least 6,000 Roman soldiers. Six times 12? Seventy-two? Seventy-two thousand so angels. Does anybody remember what one angel was able to do in the Old Testament? Over 100,000 in one night. An angel killed over 100,000 people in one night. And Jesus is saying, I have 7,200 angels at my disposal. And you know this is 72,000. Sorry, 1,000. And that's not a precise number either. He's, he's toying with you and giving it human language. Because all that has been created was created through Christ Jesus. You don't think he could turn the animals into his own thing or creation? Or just go like this and erase you from the past? Or how about undo all creation? Come on, we're going to limit him. This is God. This is Creator, Creator God. And Pete starts slinging his own sword. <laughs> but Jesus had a lesson to teach. Blessed are the meek, which means power under control. Now, oh man, uh, hold on. Okay, so let's let me keep going on this, and then I'll, I'll tell you that. Okay. What's this mean to us? It means that we all have some level of authority in this life, some level of power. And you might not think that, but your parent, you do. Or grandparent, you do. Whatever your job may be, older siblings, co workers, whatever, you have some level of authority. What's being taught and modeled here is this use whatever power, authority, and influence you have to serve other people. That's what's being said here. Now, again, I'm not sure that they knew Jesus said, I'm going to have the sky on earth be blue. And he made it so that certain, uh, certain particles in the air only reflect the blue part of the UV spectrum. That's why the sky is blue. The more you know, it's because I have little kids who love science. Oh, I was 38 before I knew that. I'm not sure they understood God picked, the one talking, picked blue for the sky. But he just says this. He says, I'm going to model for you. You'll inherit the earth. When you exhibit whatever I give you and you leverage it to serve other people. Isn't that cool? And again, they're looking at him and he's doing it at that very moment. He's serving them by giving them life and providing them oxygen. Isn't that cool? At that very moment. If God is the creator and sustainer of life, then Jesus was keeping them alive. (laughs) Right, Brenda? I'm going to say it again. If, If God is the creator and sustainer of life, then Jesus is keeping you alive right now. And if he decided to stop doing that, you have no choice. And the Bible says your life will be demanded of you. So creator God says this, just like how I leverage myself to serve you, do that for other people. And you ready for this. I'm not just commanding you. I'm also going to give you a reward when you do that. Cool, right? He doesn't have to. He could be like, blessed are the meek. It's a good idea, if you know what I mean. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or here's my command. Be meek, y'all. Be meek give him the father face like oh you better get in line anybody got a father face anymore where you're out in like public and you gotta give him crazy eyes <laughs> I've, I've perfected crazy eyes and if you're really good at it nobody else notices right but you strike fear into your kid <laughs> yeah let's look at Revelation 2 uh, 211 I think or whatever Revelation is here this is this is the new this is a theory about this new inherit the earth I saw a new heaven and a new earth first heaven and first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea i saw the city the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband revelation is the only book that offers a blessing if you read it it revelation says read me i'm special and blessed are you who do read this and understand it's the only book in the bible that offers you a blessing for reading it and understanding it i just want to show you that he might mean literally this new heaven and new earth which comes to earth i don't know he might mean that or he might mean something completely different as well i don't really personally get stuck on that i want to have life with uh, christ jesus wherever he wants us to be okay um the last thing i want to say is this oh man i got so much so much so much to say okay he's teaching us a principle as well I, i i touched this a few weeks ago ready but i want you to really get this god uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise to shame the wise do you understand what i'm trying to say okay why then i'm just going to touch on this real quick why then are we afraid to look like a fool? God uses the foolish to confound the wise, but then why then are we all afraid of people thinking we're a fool or calling us or treating us like a fool? I don't know if you're like me, but I get defensive real quick when it comes to that. Whoa, 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 you don't treat me like that, homie. I'm, a, I'm an aggressive, assertive type of guy. What? That's not what Jesus modeled. Let's look at what Jesus modeled through Philippians. In very nature, God, Jesus, didn't consider equality with God something to maintain, grasping, and hang on to but here's what he did. He, he made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Remember the humans that he designed? Next, there we go. Furthermore, in being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Boop, boop, even death on a shameful, naked as a jaybird on the cross. Cross. Don't forget it. It's the most shameful way to die, too. Therefore, oh, that's an important word. Jesus stood, I told you this before, Jesus stood on the edge of heaven, and he swan-dived down into his creation. Metaphorically, this is not biblical. And into creation he went, but he didn't stop there. He went to to, to, to this young girl named Mary, and he was working class. He had calluses on his hands, the low of the low. In fact, they were slaves too, don't forget. Jesus was a slave. Guys, do you get that? He was in slavery to the Roman army, but he didn't stop there. <clears throat> He went down to criminal level is what they called him, didn't they? They spat on him and bruised him. He didn't stop there. He died. He didn't stop there. He went down to the grave. What does that mean, A.J.? I have no idea. I, I don't. I know better than probably most people. Death, Sheol, Gehana, Abraham's bosom. But it's all just words. <clears throat> he went somewhere lower than earth. I don't know. He did something for three days. He did something very important that we don't know in the spiritual realm. Get it? Yeah, I preached to the dad, but that, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's the beginning of the book of what he actually did. So that's why I don't talk about it. I'm not going to skim on something like that, you know? But why then are we so... I'm not trying to come at anybody. I don't, this is part of my struggle and weakness. Someone wants to call me a fool or think I'm an idiot or think I'm lesser, I feel like I have to stand up for myself. That's not what's being modeled here. Blessed are the meek. You'll inherit the earth. You don't need to defend yourself. And in fact when you don't that's when God shows up and God's will starts being done if I stop pushing for myself God starts pushing for me if you humble yourself you'll be exalted get it okay okay Okay. hold on I get this idea of like me trying to swim up swim higher 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 in this life and I can see God just kind of watching me struggle and I can see him going hey I uh I decided how many planets are going to be in your solar system, and I also decided that if you ever try to make your, yourself exalted, I'll make it impossible. So if, the, if you're willing to stop swimming, here's this other principle. I actually throw you to the top. But I mean, you can keep swimming. That's fine. But there's a principle in place, just like sunup and sundown, where humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Blessed are the meek, you'll inherit the earth. Don't stick up for yourself anymore. People want to call you a fool, realize this. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I don't care what you think anymore. I make that choice. You can call me a fool. In fact, being called a fool is usually what happens before promotion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brenda gets it. You get brought low first, right? And God almost like, like my kids in the toy aisle. <clears throat> They're in the age now where, this might sound wicked redneck, <clears throat> but if it's not a nice day out and they haven't been out much, we'll go to the Walmart and just treat it like a playground. No, I'm not saying I let them trash the place, because I don't. And I'm on the, look at my, and I roll around, but you should see them going from toy to toy, and they understand they're not getting toys. Oh, you're not getting any toys. If <laughs> I'm not buying you toys every time you go there. it's a good way to spoil them. But they go, they go crazy, right? Now, if I can trust them, I stand back, and I watch what they do. And you know what's funny? If they work within the principles that I've established for them, they actually end up getting something before we leave. That's the principle that they don't even know about yet. If you're actually good, daddy wants to bless you. Do you, know, you want a little snack or something? If you're brought low and you're put in a place of fool in your job, in your home, in your relationships and you go with God's principle of this, I'm not going to fight back and swing that sword around like Peter did. Do you know what happens next? I didn't say it, Jesus did. You'll be exalted. Are you getting me at all? I'd like to move forward. Okay, you're getting that. And Jesus is the ultimate example of that. We have another slide. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not keeping you here all day, I promise. Yeah, there you go. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. I, I was there before, guys. I understood. When I heard the gospel, it was foolishness to me at the time. God chose the foolishness. Of, get it? To confound. Next, please. I threw that in, sorry. This is going to be where we stop today, I believe. And again, you, met, you mentioned this, right? Blessed <sighs> are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. This scripture was the one that God used to draw me to himself when I was 17. I read it and had no idea what it meant. My brother had sent me a little Gideon's Bible home for the Navy. I don't know why. You know what it was? He wanted to get off base on Sunday.
1: <laughs> and it did, that's exactly,
0: remember? And he sent me this Gideon's Bible. And I was like, what's this? And I started reading it. And one thing that like, you ever read the Bible and it just, one thing sticks out to you? Like, beep, 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 beep. That's Holy Spirit, by the way. You know go with that he's trying to tell you something this this just burned inside of me and i don't understand why and, and i wrote i wrote it down in my wallet and when i did go to school i skipped school most days my senior year to read the bible I was, I was enamored it was crazy i was one absence away from not graduating right mom I am still in the high honor roll, but <laughs> vice-president comes in. You got know, a got 94 average, and you just don't come to school. I was like, I'm home reading the Bible, yo. <laughs> what could you really say? But anyway, this burned inside of me. What is righteousness? And what does it mean to hunger and thirst for that? So here's what I want to say to you. And, I, and again, I, I, I really, yes, this is the last one. It's the fourth quarter. Ready? Fill back up. The flesh is weak, but you'll be okay, okay? when this happened it, it, like I said it burned inside of me and I knew this I, I, I really wanted to dig deeper deeper. I think what this means is I ache to know him more that there was a burning desire inside of me okay so what I think this means or what it communicated to me is this I won't hide from you AJ as you seek me as you, you as you're honest with your questions with me I'll move forward to you as you move forward to me this desire to know me inside I'll fill it and I'll keep it full as you pursue me that's what that means you ever look for something in vain and you just never find it god is saying that will never happen to you when you get the slightest little bit of hunger and thirst for right standing with me relationship with me i promise you i'll feel you every step of the way and i can't describe this to you guys um and some of you will will really understand this but i can and i could quote ask and you shall receive seek and you'll find knock and it'll be answered but um what we're talking about here is 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 food that's needed to survive You ever been really thirsty where, like, your tongue starts swelling up and you start to get nervous? That's what he's talking about here. A desire of just, I need you more than anything. Every hour I need you. That's it. And the devil jumps in, and what does he tempt Jesus with right away when he tempts Jesus? He tempts him with human hunger after fasting. And Jesus says this, of course, uh, you live from every word of the mouth of God. But even more than that, what he's saying is we live because of God. Knowing him is more important than keeping your body alive. And that's what he's saying here. Blessed are you with that. Now, this beatitude says this as well. No matter what stage of faith you're in, I'll be found. And Paul says this. Um, yeah, let's, let's look at the next slide here Paul talks about. I always want to give you a Bible. The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you go somewhere else in the Bible and realize righteousness, good right standing, security with God comes through faith in Christ to all. That's what we say, right? Through faith in Christ to all. Some of you will think that, what about on my bad days? Or what about that person over there? It's faith through Christ to all. That's what you take home with you. Some people think, I oh, don't get me started. I don't want to start banging on you know, church walls here. But it means what it says and says what it means. And if you're hunger and thirst for that righteousness, it will come to you through faith in Christ Jesus. There is no difference. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody needs it. We know that. But you know what more? This, and this is my final point of the day, this is this week for me. Righteousness to me, I talked about it last week. Righteousness to me is, is not just good standing with God, right? Almost like you walk up and you show your credentials, boop, you're allowed in, okay, thanks. Guys, that's religion, okay? That's religion, boop, okay, I'm allowed in here. I mean, I made it, at least I'm not over there. But you know what I see with righteousness? I see righteousness as comfort. I told you the story, I and we all laughed, of course, of skiing with my best friend and how we were squished together in the chairlift. And then he corrected me, he goes, I told you guys, I looked to the left and there was an open seat. And yet, Pete and I were squished together like two squirrels in a snowstorm, right? That's comfort with a best friend. Pete goes, no, it wasn't. There was a seat on each side
1: <laughs> and we were squished in the middle.
0: And I was like, you're right. Because that's what made us so weird. He goes, you know what's even weirder? Neither of us moved away. <laughs> so we just rode up the hill. That's comfort. Listen, what I think about righteousness, guys, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's not just I'm good with you, see you later. It's crawling up on daddy's lap and knowing you're fully accepted. And when you hunger and thirst for comfort, it'll be filled. If you want to be comfortable with God, I'm your daughter. I'm your son. Now, guys, I understand it's a little weird because we're, we're not as necessarily affectionate. And when you say to me, climb up on daddy's lap, it doesn't really mean much. I didn't hang out. I didn't call my dad daddy. And I didn't climb on his lap after I was five. But there is a comfort of being, even with your masculinity, being in such a place of intimacy with him. There's no fear of abandonment. There's no fear of him. Now, I want to tackle something real quick. You ready? Disclaimer. I'm just a guy. What I'm about to say may be wrong. And you may very well not agree with me. Some people say it's right to fear God. Okay? And lots of times in the Bible, fear is actually, I've told you this before, the word is uh, trust the intentions of fear God. But some people will still say you're supposed to be afraid of God. You're still supposed to be afraid of God. But I got to tell you something and, and again I'm not looking for your agree, agreement on this I'm just going to share my heart I'm just a dude I don't, actually don't think God wants us to be afraid of him here's why kids ministry I get done writing this message I go back there and they have this another confirmation here's what it says be strong and courageous don't be afraid don't be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go God himself said that let me read it again be strong and courageous don't be afraid for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go If God wanted you to be afraid of him and he's with you, he wouldn't have commanded you not to be afraid. afraid. He wouldn't have said that. I'm with you. You're supposed to fear me. I'm not going to tell you not to fear me. Do you get it? I'm not sure I get it. (laughs) He says I'll be with you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. So don't be afraid. And other people think, well, it's good to tremble before your God. Look. Okay. King David is a man after God's own heart, correct? Okay. King David gets himself in some hot water, calling a census or something along those lines. And, 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 and a messenger of God says to him, we've got three choices, two of which are um, the wrath of men coming upon you, or one, the wrath of God. And, and, and David says this. He says, let me fall into the arms of God. Does that mean he feared men more than, Oh, right? Yes, it does mean he feared men more, because men are more powerful than God. No, no. no he knew God really well he ran toward God the most powerful we don't have the capacity in our brains to put he ran toward did David fear God in the way that (laughs) no he didn't did he Well, religion has told you you better fear God act right that nun will smack your knuckles with. right but God commands us not to fear because I'm with you but actually you're scary so I'm scared when you're around doesn't make any sense does it So we've whittled away at this. For me, in the last 10 years, I would never have said that before. Like, ah, it's good to have a reverential fear of God. I don't know that actually goes against what I'm reading here. Fear only lives where there is no trust. Fear can only live where there is no trust, Mary Beth. I'm going to give it to you on the ground floor. Do you fear your dog? Your mailman that's filling in does. (coughs) Guys, do you get it? Until the mailman gets to trust the dog, then where their trust is, there can be no fear. Do you understand? So if you fear God, it's because you don't trust him to be good. Catherine, you getting this? Am I, am I making sense? It's true. People fear my golden retriever. He barks at him when they walk up to the thing. and then they start petting him and the trust built and the fear's gone. So if you trust God, you don't fear him. I got news for you, man. Bruce, you picking up what I'm putting down here? When, when I take God's vessel... To go from this dimension to the next one that's birth and death i've talked about that all the time they're the same thing if you want to stay there you can if you want to come here you can't stay there that's death too it's god's tool when i get on that trolley as it were and i get to be go face to face with god there's not one part of me that's like Ugh. i hesitate i would only hesitate if i didn't trust him if i didn't expect that he would lovingly embrace me and call me son and that my whole life was leading to that moment right this is big for me man we fear what we don't trust and again david didn't fear god no instead he trusted him and go figure (coughs) god showed him self trustworthy and merciful in that situation didn't he in every situation in your life that's come before too in fact maybe we should sing never once i don't know i don't even know what the last song is today but this teaches me something good guys oh another thing ready question that got asked this week does God hear the prayers of non-believers? I want to spend 30 seconds on this. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, it means you don't have it yet. And for it to be quenched, that means that God has to hear you hungering and thirsting. Doesn't it? He has to hear your thoughts and prayers if you're hungering and thirsting in order to be faithful and meet those needs. I gave you this example before, the thief on the cross. I'm guilty of what I've done. I'm a sinner. And nobody even knows that this guy was a Jew, by the way. I mean, he was being capitally punished. That's all we know. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Today you'll be with me in paradise, says Jesus. Do you know what he didn't say? Somebody talking. Is that a, did anybody hear anything? <laughs> did you hear something? Other thief? Nah. He's like, I didn't hear you either. <laughs> Just mouths moving, Brian, until they, until they what? Till they what? Put faith in, right? Or how about this? In the Old Testament, you weren't right unless there was a sacrifice. So how about this? Abraham, let's say, sins. Boom. Mute button. God's like, what? Go kill something. Then I'll be able to hear you again. That's funnier than you're giving me credit for. That's way funnier. Y'all only hear you when you're good with me? Because back in the Old Testament, there wasn't any grace. I showed you that to start. It's now faith in Christ. So when Joseph sinned, because everybody sins and falls short of the glory of God, I can no longer hear you? This is an oversimplification does God hear non-believers? I absolutely believe so. However, oh, and there's a whole bunch of reasons that will, will hinder prayers. There's at least 15, okay? Hardened hearts, uh, the way you treat your spouse. I could go on and on and on about the fact that, yes, behavior does matter when it comes to prayers, okay? You got to look that one down. Um, but I also think of the tax collector in Matthew where he said this, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, I'll tell you what, he went home justified that day does god hear non-believers god heard my prayers before i was saved before i was convinced i know he did because he was always leading me to himself always leading me to himself how come you've seen miracles happen to people who don't believe in jesus christ get on youtube they can't all be fakes i've seen i've heard i've seen people who don't know jesus at all get the answers to prayers does god yes i believe he does so you know what we do instead we start encouraging people to talk to god that's what you do you don't say okay, okay okay come here here's a checklist that we uh my denomination printed out here you go do those and then you can talk to god no you just go get get with father get with father you guys work that out yes. you guys work it out i don't care but what about shh, no we're not even gonna go through what i believe about these big things just talk to him that's what he wants come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i'll give you rest hold on time out but you got to go through this, 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 this first, says Jesus. No, he didn't. Just get them there. Just get them there. That's why Jesus came. Exactly. Last thing, real quick. I love your kids. They're cool. And all y'all's kids. But there's a difference between my children and yours. I hear them. I'll even do nice things for them, but I'm not their dad. So does God hear the prayers of other people's kids? Yes. Are they family with him? No, and there's a difference. I'm not going to lie to you. You're not good without Christ Jesus. With, with Christ Jesus, we become adopted, and we become family. We get to go in, come out, all the things you get to do with your parents. There is a difference, but I do believe God, God hears those other kids. Does that make sense? Did I make that clear? So we are done for today. We got through a couple of them. I thoroughly enjoyed this. But number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have nothing to offer. Do we realize that this week? Or are we still trying to get God's favor? If I do this, he'll listen. If, good things. If I read the Bible or if I worship today, I'll be better with God if we're doing that i want to challenge you with that beatitude truly it is about jesus and only his efforts in salvation number two blessed are the mourn those who mourn shall be comforted blessed are the meek they'll inherit the earth on your worst day with you know with what this broken world can dish out we serve a caring loving god and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness when you desire to know his love and dig deeper with him even today you're answered you're, you're guaranteed an answer Okay, so let's worship. Steph, what song do we even have?
1: We have shout to the Lord, but I have never once. Ever.
0: Let's do never once. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, let's sing never once. So indicative of what we just talked about. Those, word, those words, those truths, Lord Jesus, they echo into our lives, our families, and our homes this very day. We want to thank you for being faithful, Lord God. We want to thank you for your mercy, for your love, and for your grace that comes through what you did, Lord Jesus. We'll never know how much it costs. We'll never know exactly what it, what it costs to, to see our sins on the cross, to have them taken away, Lord God. but today we trust you, Lord Jesus. We hunger and thirst for a deeper righteousness and comfort with you today. Draw us closer to yourself, Lord God. It's about who you are, not us. Please remove those things that stand between us, Lord God, and, and bring us into a place of renewal and refreshing. We again lift up everybody on the prayer list, Lord God. May your supernatural comforting and healing take place today. May you bring families together, Lord God. We you mend hearts. Heal us up, Lord God. That we would be able to serve others and serve you. We love you and worship you. We thank you for all that you are, Lord God. You truly are faithful.
1: You are faithful, God. You are faithful.
0: You'll be faithful today, like you've always been, Lord. In Jesus' name, we worship you and love you. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.
1: They choose you now. Yes, we are. Give me Jesus.
0: Oh, we need you, Father God. Weeks like today when we see what goes on in the prayer chat and we see the needs of people around us. As we watch uh, the people we love struggle at times with unanswered prayers and unmet needs we see families that are trying to stay together and uh, and seem to be blowing apart at times
1: Father God we just need you Lord I come and I confess bowing here I find my rest without you I fall apart you're the I need You, oh I need You, every hour I need You. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need You. we're sin runs deep. No oh, grace is for oh, grace is found is where you are. Let's get it in where you are. Lord I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. ¡Lora!